Hi, my name is Tyler Mowry, and welcome to the Writer's Mind Podcast, episode 23. All right, welcome to another episode of the podcast. If you want to listen to episode 24 and all of the other even episodes, then you can find them on the Patreon, patreon.com slash the writer's mind. Those episodes, by the way, are just like these, except, you know, you get double the amount. So if you're interested in that, links below if you're on YouTube. So today, what I want to talk about is another kind of trippy concept. I know last uh, episode was kind of trippy, and this is going to be a little trippy as well. So, one thing you may have noticed recently is if you're following the news, if you're following just how culture moves, you may have noticed that um, certain stories or certain people that you uh, grew up learning about we now have like a a bit of a different perception of those people, or at least culturally there is a different perception in regards to those people. So for example, uh, a big one would be Christopher Columbus, right? Um, You may have learned about Christopher Columbus in school and you may have learned that he was this explorer and he was one of the first people to find the new world, which became North and South America Um, and then, you know, began the larger colonization of Europe to the new world, which, you know, then became America, so on and so forth. There's other, um, you know, people kind of in the sphere of history, particularly kind of in American history and European history, uh, Thomas Jefferson being another example, um, George Washington being another example, people that you may have learned about in school that were, you know, pillars of American history, you know, people that we looked up to. Then more recently, there has been, there has been a wave of criticism towards some of these people, you know, for their treatment of slaves, their ownership of slaves, uh, and other reasons. And it starts to kind of shift our view of these people, right? Um, You know, you have people like, Genghis Khan, who, um, who, are, who are viewed very uh, kind of mixed in a way where there's a lot of people um, in Asia that revere him. There, there's massive statues of him, uh, but there's also a lot of people who see him as a complete tyrant uh, who massacred millions of people um, and, you know, who did monstrous things, right? Um, and so, what you kind of see over time, I think, is you see a change in some of our views on certain people in history. What you also see today is you see kind of in journalism, you see that there's a lot of different viewpoints, right? There's a lot of different um, ways of viewing a given situation, right? Different news organizations like to take different sides. Um, You know, there really isn't any objectivity. Everybody is trying to talk about how they're so objective. Um, But when you really get into it, you really don't see that. What you see is different ways of viewing the world, interpreting events and facts through that lens, and then giving it to other people who have a similar view on the world. Um, 
and who then interpret those, you know, given that given event or circumstances based upon this idea. And so this happens, you know, we're seeing this constantly happen in journalism, uh, and we are also seeing it happen in history, right? Even there's even more examples than the couple that I gave in regards to, you know, American history, Christopher Columbus, Thomas Jefferson, these kind of people. Um, you know, this happens all over the place. You see people um, who, for a long time at least, from my perspective, were considered, um, you know, great leaders or, you know, people who did very well. And then currently it's like, oh, well, new information shows us this, or we have been overlooking this, right? So we get this different perception of these people. And so I was thinking about this more and more, and it really is interesting how our view of historical people changes when our current cultural viewpoint changes, right? And so you have this kind of change in perception depending on what's happening. You have this change in perception on history depending on what is happening right now. And so this is really fascinating to me, right? There was even a... Uh, a quote, I forget who said it, but it stuck with me where it said like, um, so, something to the effect, I can't even remember the the, the, the direct quote, I should have looked it up, but I just thought of it now. Uh, but it was, if you think journalism is biased or messed up, then imagine history. And I was thinking about this a little bit more, right? Because I think we like to, you know, we, we agree with that, like, oh man, yeah, like, you know, certain things in history we don't understand. But what if we really, really start to think about that? Like, think about the fact how our perception right now, your perception right now on people you learned about 10 years ago could be radically different, right? So what's going to happen another 10 years from now or 50 years from now or 100 years from now, right? People, these historical figures, our perception of them goes through all of these changes through each generation and through each culture. They have different viewpoints on all of these people. There are, you know, media tells you how to view a certain person or you have propaganda campaigns from a government or you have just the general um, societal or cultural moral value shift and then we shift our view of people in the past. And what I think this creates is this really weird situation where it's hard to know what actually happened in the past. If his, if our culture and our cultural viewpoint is constantly shifting its perception of what happened in history, who's to say that this hasn't been happening all the time forever since the beginning of mankind. Who's to say that our entire history isn't just based off of all of these perceptions that are amalgamated together through multiple cultural shifts and turns over time and then we get to today? Who's to say our timelines are correct? Who's to say half of these people even existed or even slightly existed in the way that we perceive them, right? We can't agree on what happened 100 years ago. We can't agree on what happened 200 years ago. How how can we know what happened 1,000 years ago? Can you even comprehend 1,000 years of time? You can't. 
even if you're at the end of your lifespan as a human being and you're 90 years old, you can't even comprehend your own 90 years. You can't tell me. You can't really remember and feel how it was to be 15. Can you? I mean, I barely can remember how it was to be 10. Every time I tell somebody a story about when I was younger, when I was a kid, I say when I was a kid because I don't remember if I was eight or if I was 12. So I can't even remember to then, right? It's almost as if really the only thing that seems to exist is our present moment and our constant shift in the present shifts all of these different stories and archetypes and all these things we've heard about because of what we're uh, viewing in the present. So what if history is not actually factual at all? What if all it is is this amalgamation of different stories that we hold on to because they're helpful for us in some way? Right? So, you know, how like okay let's let's take some examples how do you know like how old a particular uh historical figure is right like you know we talk about how um you know jesus was born or jesus lived around 2000 years ago right this is our current understanding um but how do we know that what if that is sort of the story we have told for 10,000 years, right? But the, the, the story element of this person lived 2,000 years ago gives it a closeness yet also a far enough of a distance to where it's, you know, it's back in history in one of those foundational elements of history, yet it's close enough to where it's still, we can still feel it as relevant for us today, right? So 2,000 years is like that point, right? 500 years is too modern. 10,000 years feels way too far away. It's like 2,000 becomes that sweet spot, right? And so, you know, I think there there is a... And also the fact that there's so much of history that sort of just disappears and then sometimes we find things later or new stories essentially new historical stories are essentially built by our perception of the facts now but we didn't have this cultural perception you know a hundred years ago so we didn't think certain things were relevant but now we think certain things are relevant because our cultural perception has shifted And so, essentially what I'm saying here is I think that we have a lot less of an idea of what truly happened in history than we think we do. Like, I think even if you are a serious historian, right, it's still hard to know for sure what happened. And so it feels like we like to give each other these bullet points of history. Here's the important stuff. It's like, how do we know that that's the real important stuff? And how do we know that because you're told this information in 2006, the person giving you this information is giving giving it to you in a 2006 mindset and perception. So I'm actually interested to, to know if you took a class in 1970, let's say, about 
the founding of America. And then you take that same type of class in 2020. Are they the same? What's different, right? Because, you know, it's going to be a different person teaching that class. It might even be a different uh, textbook teaching. It very likely is to be a different textbook teaching that class. Um, what are the differences in these books? What are the differences in the perspectives of the teacher that is teaching his or her students this information, right? Everything we've ever heard and understood has been filtered through the perception of other people and then filtered back into our perception. And so this creates this wildly approximate view of everything. Because it makes it hard for you to put real legitimate trust in some of these things that you have been told. Like, I think we really don't have any idea. And so I think that we even we even uh, prescribe belief systems to certain people, right? There's, there's this whole, like, um, you know, again, I, I, I mean, I'm an American... So I'm living in America. I have a more of a familiarity with American history. That's kind of why I'm bringing examples from there. But even ideas about like, you know, you'll hear certain people talk about America is a Christian nation. It was founded upon Christian principles or Judeo-Christian principles and that the founding fathers um, held onto these uh, Judeo-Christian principles and ideas, right? then suddenly you hear these things about how these people were not Christians, they were deists. They believed in God, but they didn't, you know, believe in a particular religion, right? You'll, you'll hear that said. And then it's like, well, then what did they believe? We, we have no idea what they believe. And then you have, you go into the whole idea of like, if we have an understanding of what their actions were, do their actions line up with our current understanding of these religious viewpoints? Some people would say no. And so, you know, the point is not to get into a massive discussion about the founding fathers at all. That is not at all what I'm doing. What I'm doing is I'm putting into question our understanding of history because I really think, and this is kind of like the big kicker, and this is the point right here. The point of this is that I think it is possible that our entire historical narrative is just us cherry-picking the stories we like to tell each other. You know, I talk a lot about how storytelling and stories are like the fundamental way that human beings communicate because it's you're able to get so much more nuance and thought process and energy in a story versus a, you know, nonfiction book or some sort of uh, factual retelling, these sorts of things. I think a story is so powerful. I think it's so innate to us. And it is very possible that all we're doing in history is being like, oh, this was an interesting story. This was valuable to us for this reason, right? I think you can even see certain ethical um, and philosophical statements based upon some of the, histo- some of the uh, history that we remember, right? We, we point to different pieces of history as, hey, this is an important one to remember because it had a philosophical conflict that then we say, okay, 
this applies to us in some way. Like you look at genocides and you look at these sorts of horrible things that happen and we remember them. Why? Not just to remember the people who died, which of course that's part of it, but we also remember them because we need to think about who we are as people and how we got to these positions. What, what led up to these things? Why did human beings do this? Why do, how do we avoid doing this in the future? You know? And that is kind of the way that we are learning and we're teaching ourselves how to do better, ideally. We're telling ourselves the important stories, right? Do we tell our, and you know, think, you can even think about it in the sense of all the different conquerors and kings and queens and leaders that conquered nations and you know, spread their ideologies, we remember some of them and we forget some of them. Why? Because we're picking and choosing what are the valuable stories to tell each other. Why do we even care about the myths of some cultures and not their history as much, right? There's th- That's kind of an interesting thing where you look at especially kind of the Greeks and Romans, where of course we're interested in their history and what actually happened to them, but we're also heavily fascinated by their view on the gods and their religious points of views and their philosophical points of views. Why? Because some of their religious and philosophical viewpoints are just as valuable to us as is their you know, historical record of things that occurred. And, you know, I, I, I think what it what this does is partially it kind of breaks your brain a little bit to say, okay, well, how do we know anything? You know, and there is that. <laughs> but I think there's also this interesting question of like, okay, if that's true, because I'm not saying it is, this is a theory that I'm presenting to you. I'm not saying this is something that you need to believe or this is how you should go forth and live. I'm just presenting this idea to you and I just want you to think about it. Again, this whole podcast is not about me giving you um, what you should think. This podcast is me throwing ideas at you to get you started on your own rabbit holes, right? So, you know, I want you to think about what are the implications of that? And if this is true, if we can't truly know what happened then what does this say about how we communicate? And what does this say about the value of stories? And what does it say about what stories we should focus on? And, you know, I think that somebody like myself who is obsessed with storytelling and thinks storytelling is very fascinating and valuable, of course, is more prone to this kind of wild idea. Um, you know, like it's all story, and but maybe it is, right? Because I really think that stories are huge to our the ways that our brains operate. And I think that even more than we realize, I think the only time we really have is the present. And I think that it's important to understand what's happening in your individual life and also understand what's happening in your larger culture 
And then ideally, which is why, you know, certain, certain things like traveling is important or certain things like, you know, experience and, and going new places and trying new things and experiencing new cultures. It's, that's important because you're starting to get the other narratives of different people in different cultures, right? You're starting to get a better understanding of the fact that, hey, we're all out here, many of us dealing with wildly different narratives and perspectives, and how does that play in to, you know, the ultimate search for meaning in life and, you know, what is actually out there? What is the best way to live? And it's so interesting because you have competing narratives, especially in history. You know, this goes back down to the idea of we look at history from a certain perspective, you know, there's the... the big statement that everyone says is history is written by the victors. Yes, it is. Whoever wins gets to write down what happened. So who's to say that they're right? You know, if they wrote down what happened, they get to say, we did this and we didn't, uh, we're not going to tell them about the fact that we did this or we won't tell them about this. You know, or you also have the other side of that where like you have, oh, they, you know, the, the, the losers say, oh, they did this to us, or they're horrible for this reason, but we won't tell them about how we did this, or we won't say that we were doing this for all this time, you know? So there's all of these different perspectives, and there's all these different, um, you know, ways that people like to hide the truth or bend it or push a particular point of view on what happened. And I think that just the fact that we, I think we walk around with this idea that we have this super reliable historical narrative because it gives us comfort, it makes us feel like there's other people out there and they figured it out. They know what happened. It's okay. They figured it out. I can be okay in my ignorance of, you know, what happened in the past or where I'm going. You know, other people figured it out for me. You know, I think people do that. People stick into their ideology and they do the same thing. They're born into a given viewpoint or perspective and they don't change that because they believe that the people that were here before them figured it all out and they can just kind of coast through it and this is how it is i don't have to do any you know searching on my own i don't have to add to this story in any way i can just kind of roll through it and be fine and i don't think that's a good way to live and i think if you're going to be a critical thinker you're going to be a writer it's important to do your own legwork. I'm not saying history is fake, but I don't really think you know what's out there any more than I do. You know, I mean, even uh, there's a book I'm reading. Um, I've been reading it for a little bit. I need to really finish it. I'm kind of stuck. I'm reading like two books at the same time or, or maybe it's three and uh, try not to do that. It's just never good. But this book is called The Devil's Chessboard and it's insane. I mean, uh, what it's it's talking about Alan Dules and the CIA, it's The Devil's Chessboard, Alan Dules and the CIA and the rise of America's secret government. And the book is, I'm not even that far into it, uh, but it's it's crazy. Like, it's an entirely different perspective on American history as you know it. Not American history 500 years ago, or you know, we weren't around that long ago, but 
as far as we know, <laughs> but you know, not American history 200 years ago, but American history 60 years ago, 70 years ago, 80 years ago, and how it's wildly different from our current understanding or how there are major facts that have been not talked about and not discussed for whatever reason, for whatever the, the you, know, you know, to, to specifically give a particular narrative or to not give a particular narrative. And so, you know, I would suggest to you to, if you are curious about these sorts of things, go out and find other people's perspectives on things that have happened in history, right? Because I think even reading certain things that are like outside of the traditional narrative of history that you understand even getting perspectives outside of that, even if you don't agree with them or you don't believe that it actually happened this way, it allows you to do more thinking and it allows you to think about, okay, well, does this seem true? Can I can I use some of my intuition to think about human behavior? And you know what I'm saying? You really get, it forces you, when you have two conflicting narratives and you really consider both of them, it forces you to, um, do your own thinking about what happened and what makes sense and what's plausible and what do humans do and what are they incentivized by and all the all of these questions come into play. So, you know, hopefully that wasn't completely brain-breaking, but I think the point is that we know a lot less about the world than we'd like to believe. And because of that, I think that that is a, a thought that, you know, should maybe scare you a little bit, but really it should make you curious. And it should make you say, okay, well, maybe I'm not going to do this whole life thing the boring way that everyone else does, where I just kind of, you know, I guess get a job and I guess do that for a while and I guess maybe have some kids and I guess maybe, you know, like you can really say, okay, well, how much do we not know? Let's kind of see what's out here. Let's start messing with things. Let's, let's see what I can do as a person, because even trying to impact your world and influence it and move through it in an interesting way, you're already going to be leagues above everyone else who is just kind of coasting through it and letting things slip by them. So that's what I have for you today. Um, and that's it. If you want to listen to episode 24 and all of the other even episodes, which I guess at this point, uh, there are 12 of them. So if you want 12 new or 12 extra episodes that you haven't heard before, patreon.com slash the writer's mind. And I will see you guys next week. <laughs>